What's up, everybody? I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL, and this is the Debbie Royale. <laughs> well, I do this day in and day out. Oh. All night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we gotta show out. Yeah. They talk it jump. So you know we gotta put in the sleep. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in day, like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never done what we did. Welcome to another episode of Debbie Royale. If you're watching this live, I did the outro because I am an idiot and Jeff's not here. Just to let everybody know he's having a baby. Uh, so we're all off for game, or at least I am. That's totally That was about to be the shortest show in history of the Debbie Royale. Uh, but we are here. We are here tonight and we, we hope Jeff and his wife and everybody stays healthy over there. Um, we have finally arrived at the real start of the college football season with a light schedule, with some good games coming up, a lot of games in the next few days. Uh, and tonight we're going to be picking week one games. We're looking at stars and sleepers for this weekend's games. And, uh, but before that, we're going to jump into college football news and see how I can screw up this episode even worse <laughs> than this is. How are you doing tonight, Christian? I'm doing well, man. Uh, well, I know this is a college football podcast, but I do want to say, um, I'm sorry to all who I have advised to draft Cam Newton with your last pick in, in redraft leagues. Don't do that anymore. I will uh, I will have a full apology on the cut tomorrow. I'm sorry. Uh, but we'll talk about college football now. I just had to get that out. Well, we'll kind of talk about college football. Not all the way yet. Now, there is, a, there is a story we have to talk about because – Oh my God, it's amazing. So Bishop Sycamore, which I be- doesn't, I don't know if it is a college or not. Uh, they were on ESPN and they played IMG Academy. IMG out of Florida, one of the you know perennial you know programs in the country. Uh, and it has now been found out that they are actually not a school. Uh, there's allegedly never been a Bishop Sycamore. They played two games in three days. Their head coach has an active arrest warrant and was just recently fired from a school that doesn't exist. Um, most of the players are actually junior college dropouts and are nowhere near high school age. I believe 26, 27 years old. I saw recently, and they played against a high school team and lost 58 zero. I believe, um, this story is freaking wild. And it got showed on ESPN. Uh, what is happening, Christian? I'll tell you what. So they're supposed to be based in Columbus. So I've actually been reading up quite a bit. Ah. Our, go- our governor here in Ohio, uh, they're under investigation now from the state of Ohio, because (laughs) when you go to the OHSAA like list of schools, they are not on it. There is a rumor that they are registered as a Texas high school, but they're all online. This is by far the wildest thing I've read in forever. Um, And even the announcers on ESPN, they were saying like, this is dangerous. These kids should not be out here. They lied to us. It's, I, I mean, 
I've never heard of such a thing. I don't know how they got away with it. I did read that like they duped the ESPN recruiting company because it's not directly ESPN. Like they use no. a company to identify talent. It's it's insane, man. I my favorite story of the year for sure. I, you know, <laughs> the jokes are the best I've seen. That's where Manta Teo's girlfriend went. Uh, I did see one of the players got hurt on the field, and someone's like, the coach is pretending to be a doctor out there, and I was dying because it's just it's incredible. Like I was reading some of the stories, like they said they're going to be on Netflix and be a like kind of like a last chance you type thing and i did see someone joke and said no you're going to be on netflix but it's going to be now a documentary about how you tried to do bspn and did all that um i think the players said they thought they they couldn't eat so they were out there like stealing food from uh there was one story where they were taking like going in the grocery stores and stealing food and bringing it back to a hotel that's what their dorm was um this is nuts like this whole thing like i I, i've been living off of this story for like two days now because i think it's it's fantastic. It's like you and me starting our own school. IMG, you know, Ohio, just growing out there. It's uh, it's crazy. I'm I'm excited to see how many uh, more fake schools pop up in the next few years. You know, this could be the start of a revolution. You know, you know, there was one fake school, Ohio State, but we won't go there. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of move on. I'm just saying that is an incredible uh, story out there. Bishop Sycamore. I don't know. I put what what the hell. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, now we definitely want to we definitely want to kind of recap real quick. Uh, week zero, Debbie recap some guys that we kind of liked and you know what we saw. Uh, was there anybody that stood out to your mind? Maybe that is Debbie relevancy. Not mo- much. I mean, the games were awful. Let's be clear. The games were really bad last week. They were sloppy and lo- a lot of bad tackling. Just sloppy performance. But anything stood out to you? Zach Charbonnet. Um, and I know this hurts you um, a little bit deep down. I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, I, I think I might talk about him later for some reason. Oh, I, I, I definitely do. Cause UCLA has a big game, but UCLA, UCLA played Hawaii. Hawaii had no business being on the field. They were basically Bishop Sycamore, uh, versus IMG out there. But, uh, Zach Charbonnet actually displayed a lot of like translatable, skills out on the field uh really really good footwork awesome contact balance the dude is very bouncy uh if that's the the version of zach charbonnet that we get all year i think that's a day two nfl draft pick and i think that is pretty relevant so i overall i mean a lot of bad games like you said but he would i mean that whole ucla uh rushing attack kind of stood out too um just it, it, we'll we'll talk about them later. I don't want to spoil too much of the rest of the show, but uh, were there any other guys that stood out to you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Jake Hayner does from Fresno State. You know, he came out, he was 20 for 26. He had 331 yards, three touchdowns. He settled down. Like, he was pretty amped up that first quarter, and you could tell. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about him being day two capital uh, for as far as draft. Maybe. You never know. He has a good profile. He, he looks pretty good. Um, I thought he played well. And then Jalen Cropper, the wide receiver there, I think that he is legit. I wrote about him last week, three receptions, 87 yards, a touchdown. I talked about it on this show about him as well. Uh, I like them. Um, Nick Starkles, another kid. I, these guys have huge games this week. So, like, I think one thing to take away from it, Charbonnet is playing LSU. If he could do what he did against Hawaii and LSU and show that he could be that guy, now we're talking about legit Debbie relevance like hey okay Starkle's playing USC Starkle from San Jose State the quarterback he threw for almost 400 yards four touchdowns against uh, Southern Utah which were terrible I don't know who is worse UConn or Southern Utah but you have those games 
if Nick Stark can do this against USC and actually show that he can compete, that's legitimate. And then Fresno State plays Oregon. And so now what we're going to see is these guys, where are they at in terms of like relevance and this? So that, that's why I'm excited for this week because a lot of the week zero guys, you're going to say, okay, where are they really? Who are they? And then even Jacob Cowling uh, from uh, UTEP. I like him. He had five receptions, 158 yards and a touchdown. I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, there's he had a nice little highlight catch across the middle, uh, his one-handed snag. Yeah, that was nice. Um, he's just so little, man. I don't, you know, <laughs> like C2C, I, I think is probably where he'll live. Um, but what about Tutu? You know, Come on, Tutu got drafted. Well, we know that was a mistake, so <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe we don't yet, but uh, yeah, so oh no, oh no, Jeff. Jeff yeah. has a death squad. We need to ask Jeff how the, the death squad is doing next week. Um, see how that goes. Yeah, no. I, I, well, let's talk about death squad or like dead man walking. Uh, Scott Frost. Um, nothing. You know, he, he hasn't been great. He has not. He's not looked good. Uh, he has definitely not been what we thought he was going to be coming from UCF, what they were able to do there. Remember, they won the fake national title. Uh, is he done? He's got to be done, right? Nebraska looked awful. Adrian Martinez looked awful, like that whole kind of system. I don't know if they win five games this year. He's got to be done after this season, right? Uh, do you think he makes it through the season? I think once Oklahoma beats the crap out of them and like, what, week four it is, five in that area, I think that mm -hmm. we could see like a partial like, okay, um, we're going to part ways. Yeah, I, I think that's coming. And, you know, the... I would have given him the benefit of the doubt, right? Illinois was, they were a physical team and they, you know, they have some big corners. So they, they confused Adrian Martinez a little bit, although it's, that's not hard. I could do that out there. I think um, <laughs> that, that poor guy is not developed whatsoever. And I don't think he's been given a, a great opportunity to, but when Scott Frost came out and said uh, we, half of our game plan was out the door with how they aligned. That's, that's fireable. You, you fire him that as soon yeah. as he lets that come out of his mouth, my AD is uh, I'm, I'm giving him a call if I'm the AD. So it's uh, it's not good for him. I don't I don't think he makes it. Pat I could say maybe they'll give him a week after Oklahoma to see how they bounce back. But it, it's bad. It, yeah, you know, that was telling. Uh, that was very telling when you talked about that. I, I just feel like he's overwhelmed. Like, I don't know. It's weird because he was a very good coach. Uh, you, I mean, you know, he, he he showed that maybe Nebraska wasn't the right spot for him. Um, and that's one of those things. Some of these coaches picked the wrong spots. I think he's just – he struck out on recruiting. Like, he has just not been able to find that quarterback. And I think he tied his ship to Adrian Martinez. But that's on him. He left him out there even though he wasn't playing very well. Um, at a certain point, you gotta you gotta be there. Uh, I, I know I put down any coach. I know you talked about Helton, Clay Helton, really earlier in, in another episode. Do you have any other guys that you're like, hey, week week one, you you're looking for? Uh, I mean, I don't have one off the top of my head. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, I think, are, are kind of solidified as they're going to get a few weeks at least. Um, yeah. And these week one, there's a lot of good week one matchups that I think people are going to be a little patient. I think Scott Frost in the midst of being in, you know, an investigation as well. Um, I think that's, that's part of the reason I think that his leash is just non-existent yeah. at this point. Yeah. The one guy that I, I want to mention is coach O LSU. We're going to talk about that game that I'm, I'm excited about. I, I wrote about him. You know, he had a terrible year last year, five and five. 
Uh, he had to fire his offensive coordinator again, passing game quarter. He hired a defensive coordinator. His last experience came at Bowie State. He's never really been an off a defensive coordinator. Like, and you know what? He had his also. He had you know a Title Nine lawsuit about rape accusations. Like, Coach O's got to make some. some he's got to come out this week, and it's going to be a good game. But they, he's going to have a good year, or he's going to be that one hit wonder, Gene Chizik. Yeah, I, I guess I'll add one one sleeper name that I've kind of held back, but I've been thinking it for the last few weeks. Uh, James Franklin. Um, I, I think we're we're getting to the point where we need to start talking about that um, being a, 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 a real a possibility that if he comes out and he loses this week one matchup and then that kind of dictates the rest of the season, um, I, I think it's a conversation to be had because the Penn State feel, you know, I, I don't have their season finishes pulled up right now, but they feel like a team that's just consistently underwhelmed every year. So I, I think we might be getting to that point. Yeah, I mean, he's been there since 2014, which it's crazy how long these guys are. I, man, I'm getting old, Christian. I think that's the thing. Like, I'm like, God, I feel like he just came from Vanderbilt, right? Like, you I know, know. Dra- yeah. dropped the anchor. I think he did this weird recruiting thing where he jumped off a cliff, like dropping an anchor, like back in the day. Uh, I remember that. But 2014, seven and six. 2015, seven and six. He lost in the Rose Bowl in 2016. That was probably his best year. He was 11 and three, and then 11 and two. But he's never got over that hump. And they always lost those close games. They lost to Ohio State when they shouldn't have. He always kind of underperforms in the big games. Nine and four, 2018, and last year he was four and five. And so he has a good record in terms of Penn State, 60 and 28. But he's never won those big games. He tied for first one time in the East. Uh, he's won a Cotton Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl, but like. You know, he and he's he's been missing on the recruiting trail. I like that call. I, I like that, especially because I'm not a big fan of that. But, um, all right, we're going to go to the depth charts now. So they released the college football depth charts. And if you haven't ever played in the C2C League, uh, you're ready to hate your life the first couple of weeks because it is incredibly difficult to see, to just determine who's starting. Like, it's just one of those things, like, who is starting, uh, where, you know, you saw it against Illinois, you know, when we looked at their running back situation, they played three different guys. Uh, it, it's a nightmare. Now, are there any uh, depth chart kind of things that stand out to you or that you have a problem with? I think there's one big one that we both have a problem with. I don't know if you wanted to start there or not. Yeah, let's start there. Tennessee, um, Joe Milton is starting in in Tennessee for the for the balls this year. Um and I say this year liberally because I think that, that that leash is a little bit short. Um Harrison Bailey looked way too good uh in his short time on the field last year and in the spring game. Um for me to say that Joe Milton is for sure better than him. And I definitely won't say that Hendon Hooker is better than him. Absolutely not. So I I guess it comes down to Peyton Manning was at their practice. Peyton Manning singled out Harrison Bailey as a guy that was throwing the ball really well. Um, but he also did follow up with all those quarterbacks are doing well. And I'm very intrigued to see who wins that job. Turns out it's Joe Milton. While I think that might be the best for, you know, the short term in, we need to see what Joe Milton is. We hand selected Joe Milton. So we're going to go with our guy. I just feel like Harrison Bailey's ready to start. And while he is, he gets that extra year of eligibility because of COVID, he's technically a COVID freshman right now. Um, I get that he's got a lot of eligibility left, but if I'm Harrison Bailey, I'm looking to play now, uh, especially with NIL being a thing, you know, like he can't be sitting as a backup and get a ton of NIL deals. So that's one that just, it gets me going. Um, I know you're uh, along the same mindset, right? 
My my fun thing about you is like I looked up Harrison Bailey today to see if he would on Twitter to see if he's going to transfer yet. And then all I see is Christians like when you type in the search, it's Christian <laughs> talking about Harrison Bailey. Like every tweet, oh, I'm man. like, ah, all right, I like this. Um, but no, I would agree. Like you know, he's got to go, right? I did see someone. I think one of the balls beat reporters was talking about like, oh, well, he's going to stay and compete. He already he already did. He lost. Like if that's not who the new guy wants, and and when we look at Hupo and what he brings to the table, yeah, like you know, he can coach quarterbacks, and we've seen it. Who he's picked and where he's come from. Um, that pedigree, I understand that maybe he wanted Milton. I don't understand how, like, I have this. We don't need him to go to Michigan. Uh, but I will say, like, you have Harrison Maley, but where does he go? I think that's a question mark. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of – he had some options coming out of high school. Obviously, he was a high, highly touted recruit. He needs to go somewhere where he can start. And so I think I could see him maybe doing the four-game thing, sitting out and, and transferring. But, again, this hurts his – this really hurts him um, because Milton's going to be there. So – unless Milton absolutely plays awful and give me, don't get me started on Milton. I don't think Milton's that great. Uh, I watched him play at Michigan. Like I don't see the talent level there. I think Bailey had the most upside and the highest ceiling. Milton feels like the safe play. Kind of like what you meant. Like, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, he's there. They're going to run the ball, but they're going to be bad. So it doesn't really matter to me. Like I thought you wanted to develop Bailey and maybe have him there for his senior year. Uh, that sucks, though. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm really I, – I think Bailey has tons of talent. I mean, he was one of the most talented quarterbacks come out of his high school in his state uh, compared to Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. Uh, and yeah. now you're like, what is happening right now? And, uh, and he, he looks like – that. I mean, I compared his his throwing style and the way he looks on a football field to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, mm-hmm. That first episode we talked about Tennessee, and I think that's that, that's still got to be true. He's still slinging the ball. I don't get it. There's got to be something going on, some like we're not seeing. So there's got to be something going yeah. on there and, and going there, um, and so it's got to be there. Uh, now, as far as just in terms of like other dra- um, depth charts, for me it was Oregon. I liked Oregon's depth chart. I'm a big Troy Franklin guy, as everybody knows, and he's listed as the starter at the X position, which I think that means he's gonna he, he's gonna play a role. I think I I said on this show and I've said it plenty of times that he's the wide receiver one on that team, and I know they have. Uh, you know, when they look at, they have Jalen Red, they have all these different guys there, Devin Williams. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be Troy. And I love Troy. I love what he brings to the table. Makat Pittman is not someone that I like. So when I was looking at that roster, I will say the one thing that I did notice was CJ Verdell and Travis Dyer are basically running back 1A and 1B. CJ Verdell truthers out there, you might be a little nervous about that. I'm not a Verdell guy, um, but if he's splitting time with Travis Dye, not to mention Byron Carwell, who I really like, even Seven McGee, like that's going to be interesting how that plays out. And I think Verdell's NFL draft capital is definitely taking a hit. Well, here's the thing: when I I graded him this year because I thought he was coming out, um, so I I've, I watched a lot of Verdell, and he's just not good. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he does he has no contact balance. He's really not that fast. Um, I just don't see anything other than a scat back at the next level. And he's really not a pass catcher um, or a good one. So I'm excited about Troy Franklin as well. I remember my first C2C draft. You said, I can't believe you got him in the eighth, eighth round or whatever I got him in. So that's a, that's a nice depth chart. I was actually shocked to see Butterfield was the third quarterback. Ty Thompson won the the QB two, So that was interesting too. And Ty's good. I mean, he, he put up a ton of yards in Arizona. I think 11,000 from the time I looked at him. Um, and the other one, too, is Malachi Matevo, a tight end from Arizona, too. I believe Arizona. Uh, but I talked about him. He's 6'6", 263. He's a big boy. I know that there's going to be a tight end battle there, but I think he's going to win that job. And you're talking about 
that, that he's loaded and Oregon's recruiting class next year is loaded, especially that wide receiver room. Like they are loaded. If Ty's the real deal, Oregon could be the national championship contender next year. I don't think this year with Anthony Brown, but next year uh, we're, we're talking about a national title contender. Uh, and that depth chart is pretty solid there. Yeah. They've, they've really done a good job recruiting. I think they're in like this little slump here. I think they're going to get trounced by Ohio state. Not this week, but next week. I really do. Unfortunately, yeah. All right, hey, do you got any other depth chart you got going on? Uh, I'm intrigued by um, Alabama a little bit. I know everyone was kind of freaking out because GA Hall was listed as as the second uh, second team, and um, he, he was in the two deep. Uh, that's a good thing for for a true freshman to yeah. come in. Um, JoJo Earl being listed as a co starter, obviously his stock goes up a little bit. Um, but Slade Bolden's going to get on the field probably far too much. Uh, Jamison Williams, clear starter, which Jeff keeps harping on on this show. So good on Jeff. I hope he's not on the death squad, though, because uh, then he's just going to have a terrible year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much that surprised me about Alabama's depth chart. Um, the one thing, Trey Sanders um, coming in at the, the RB3, he's listed third on the depth chart. Um I think that's interesting. A lot of people wrote him off and said that he's not going to happen now. He's got some. He's got a lot of eligibility left, so I, I'm curious to see if he gets on the field a bit this year. Yeah, no, I, I love. Uh, you know, I like Jameson Williams a lot. I think that you can play him and go. JoJo being there is good. I mean, yeah, we talked about Hall, and you love Hall. I know you do, and I do. you're not worried about that with that Alabama wide receiver room. If he can get anywhere on the field this freshman year, that means he's that good. Like, if exactly. we're, we're not talking about Michigan's wide receiver room, which I couldn't even name you five Michigan wide receivers right now. But I'm just like, and I'm a Michigan yeah. fan. Um, so <laughs> we're talking about these things. Uh, the last one I will really quickly touch on is that Washington, um, Sam Heward is supposed to be like this five-star recruit coming out of there. And he was actually listed basically third. Uh, Patrick O'Brien, who's the transfer from Colorado State, a big kid. I liked him. He's a grad transfer. He's probably going to be backup. And then Dylan Morris is there. And Dylan Morris isn't bad. Like, I have Dylan Morris on a couple teams. Like, he played okay last year. So, I think that's going to be interesting. And then who the hell is going to start at wide receiver for them besides Janet McMillan? Uh, and Janet McMillan wasn't even a wide receiver one on that, on that roster. So, there's some question marks in Washington. Uh, but I was surprised because Sam seems to be – he gets drafted way too high. You draft these freshman quarterbacks way too high. Uh, like Tyler Bunchner, who I love a lot from Notre Dame. He, I think he's wide receiver three. For some reason, they believe Jack Cohen is better than what – Jack Cohn is. I don't quite understand about Brian Kelly. Uh, but anyway, anything else there? Uh, no, nothing other than I saw Jack Cohn hype. Uh, it said Jack Cohn slinging it or something like that. Uh, it was just a simple, like, quick yeah. out. And I was like, yep, that is Jack Cohn slinging it. That's about all you're going to get from him. Jack Cohn has never found a dump off that he didn't love. I will say that. That's <laughs> our boy, Jack Cohn. All right, let's go to games of the week because I'm excited about the games this week. Uh, we got some real games, not freaking watching UConn, who is the worst team I've ever seen in person and just in general. Uh, first game, which I think you're excited about, Georgia at Clemson. What do you think about this game? I mean, I, I think the, the Debbie primer is going to come out soon. I wrote in here, this could be a, a week one game of the ages. Um, these are two title contenders, and yeah. these are two legitimate title contenders. Jeff put Georgia in his top four over Oklahoma. And the, the more I researched, like, I think I put a little too much weight on JT Daniels being the quarterback and some of those pass catchers being hurt. Um, but Georgia has the most five-star players on their team by, like, a lot. 
yeah. they they legitimately should expect nothing less than a national title. And I think we're going to see some of that come to fruition. The problem is that they're they're facing DJ Uyangalele. And I mean, this kid, I I think very, very highly of him. He is my Debbie QB1. And I think that he's going to just continue what he did as a freshman last year when he threw for 400 plus yards against Notre Dame, who was as, as much as we clown Notre Dame, they had a good defense. Um, and so, I mean, I think this game is going to come down to who has the ball last. I think both offenses are going to be able to do things, but if I, you know, I think we, do we make picks later? Can I make a pick now? I you can make a pick now. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Now. You can make yeah, so, we, we can do whatever we want. Jeff's not here. So Jeff's true. Our, Jeff is the rule guy. We can do it. That's true. No rules. Uh, so I would pick Clemson in this game. I know they're they're four point favorites. They're technically at home, but this is a neutral site. Um, so I'm just gonna go with with Clemson here because I think their defensive line. Um, well, Georgia has a great pass rush, um, but I do think that uh, their their defensive line is gonna be able to stop some of the Georgia rushing attack, which. That Georgia running back room, we didn't get to talk about that too much. Uh, I didn't really see a depth chart for them, to be honest. Um, but they've got a lot of running backs. They should be able to move the ball. But if Clemson wins this game, it's because they stopped that. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I It's so hard for me because, like, I, I even mentioned how Clemson on the defensive side of the ball, they're stacked. So you're right. That defensive line with Miles Murphy, Brian Breeze, Tyler Davis, Justin Foster, uh, they got, you know, de- transfer defensive tackles, uh, Pickney from Minnesota, Williams from Virginia Tech. That was probably the biggest weakness last year. I think it kind of got exposed a little bit, especially in the playoff. Now that is their biggest, legitimately their biggest strength. And I think – they kind of come, you know what it's going to come down to? It's going to come down to JT Daniels. So really it's going to be okay. Can JT Daniels lead his team? And that wide receiver room has some question marks. Like, you know, with, with, they have Burton, but I'm not, a, I like Burton, but I don't, is he wide receiver one? No. And that's, that's kind of what I like. I think he was a great asset to have when Pickens was on the field. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know what, what that's going to look like this week, especially when your first matchup comes against you know a title contender it's tough especially yeah. for some of these young receivers that are going to get on the field and i believe clemson's return all 11 defensive player like it's pretty close it's almost they return almost that whole defense back so like this is a test for daniels like i'm re- realistically this is the thing like this is where it comes down to can daniels play in the league he's got to win this game i think it yeah. matters that much i really oh, do i i i feel you there also this is a darian kendrick revenge game uh, Kendrick is listed. I did see a Georgia depth chart. I saw a defensive depth chart uh, because Kendrick is listed as a starter at corner and Clemson like kicked him out of the program uh, like 10 months ago. And so it was a, it was a quick turnaround. Um, so that that's an exciting little storyline too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad our, our co-host brought this up. Uh, you know, uh, Eric Gilbert, I don't know where the hell Eric Gilbert's at, uh, but Michael Mayer is the tight end one of this class until Eric Gilbert can actually play a full, I don't know what, six games, seven games. Like it seems like he's just not going to be there. Uh, So there is that. No, I'm, I'm on board with you. I'm I'm taking Clemson. Uh, I think that I I just don't believe in JT Daniels. I got to stay on brand. I know that Jeff's probably going to take Georgia later just because he has, he has them in the playoff. Uh, But I think Clemson can do this just because that defensive side. Yeah. 
Um, all right, my favorite game of the week, which is kind of funny, is LSU-UCLA. I actually really like this game. I think that this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. LSU is a favorite. Minus three and a half, though. Not, not a lot of points where I thought, you know, usually you get the SEC bump. Uh, they're playing at UCLA. To me, this just comes down to when I was I was talking about it and I was going over it. You know, I, I like the Coach O thing. Can he be that? I also think Coach O, and like I talked about too, is Chip Kelly have kind of a similar – they got to win this game. Like this is like a legit Chip Kelly finally won a non-conference game against Hawaii last week for the first time in his career at UCLA. Now they got to bounce back and can they beat an SEC opponent? I think there's a lot of different scenarios here. You have that SEC mega conference. Pac-12 not, you know, was never invited and they're not going to invite these people. Can the Pac-12 win an SEC game? We all know that they can't. We all think that they can't. You guys aren't good. You know, West Coast football. Um, can Max Johnson at LSU actually step up and be that quarterback that we talked about, obviously with my Brennan injury, doing all that stuff. I love Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, he's going to be the wide receiver one in football. So we get to see that kid, that kid play. Who's going to be the running back of LSU. There's like 17 guys there who can actually step up and be that guy. I think this game is absolutely fun. Can Charbonnet do what he did? Like can Dorian, you know, the, to me, it's going to go down to Thompson. Can Dorian actually do this against the SEC defense? And I'm a little worried about that because he did not look good against Hawaii. Uh, so that's where I'm leaning with LSU. But I think this is going to be a lot of points. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, man. I would have said for sure this game is LSU's um, if it was a week ago. And then I saw not only – now, again, remember, uh, I think that Hawaii was essentially Bishop sycamore like they should not have been on the field however um that ucla defensive front was terrifying um they were bringing uh, like free blitzers every single play and if they are able to do that against max johnson it's not going to be good for him um and so now i'm starting to lean you know i'm i won't make a pick because i think jeff's still watching and and he will yell at, at us but um, I'm starting to lean the UCLA side because if they're able to control the game on the defensive side of the ball, and then they're able to kind of use that rushing attack to keep control of the game, I, I think there's a legitimate chance that UCLA wins this one. And I, you brought up Coach O as a guy on the hot seat. That might be the, the start of the end, the beginning of the end there. If he loses this game, he better win out. Like he better really do well. Because if he doesn't, like I said, I mean, yeah, you know, th- this sport is a "what have you done for me lately" sport. This is not a not a oh well, you won a championship in 2019, you're good. Yeah, he won a championship with one of the best quarterbacks to play college football that year, and Joe Brady was there. And let's be honest, how much how much do we really give credit to Coach O? Like everybody kind of says, well, yeah, he was there, but Brady and those guys, like that offensive system that they had, that you almost couldn't mess that up. Like, so I do think there's that the only thing I, I'm glad you brought up, like what they have to do, their game plan better be run the ball, control the clock, because if they have to let Dorian Thompson Robinson throw, I think that's where it's going to get ugly. Like if he's got to make plays, I think he can, but if he's got to make plays with his arm, I think that's where LSU can capitalize. So that's where I'm the most concerned about him. Yeah. I was a little shocked to see him struggle last week. Um, it looked like he had some jitters, but they yeah. never, they never went away. So <laughs> I'm, I can't imagine that he'll have less jitters going up against the LSU Tigers. So, uh, yeah, I would say I'd get nervous about that. 
No, I agree. All right, let's go to the last game that we're going to talk about here. Alabama is a 19-point favorite against Miami, uh, and I believe this is at a neutral site. Uh, and so you're playing Miami. We know you hate Miami, Christian. Uh, you're not – you think Miami's kind of a fraud. Uh, you know, as far as this game goes, a lot of fun storylines in this game. Can Bryce Young be – you know, Bryce Young, who I love. I love Bryce Young. I think he's one of my he's one of my favorite players at college. And I, I he's already got a million dollars in the bank. He doesn't need to play. But you know, what can he do? That running back room, all of that. And can Derek King come back from a torn ACL in what eight months or nine months? Something crazy like that. Uh he's gonna play for the first time against Alabama. And that's gonna be an incredible storyline here. I, I I don't think it's close. I do like the storylines. I like I wanna see how they use their YC room. Nineteen points is a lot, even in college, it's still a lot, but especially with like a program like Miami. But is there any shot that you think Miami has in this thing? I don't think they have a shot to win. I do think they have a shot to cover. Oh, yeah. Um and so again, I won't give a pick just yet, but the reason I think they have a shot to cover Alabama had some mass turnover mm -hmm. and you, we can say, well, they always do, right? Alabama, they are notorious for sending players to the NFL. Yes. But I don't think that we've seen it at this rate. Uh, and what I mean by that, they lost their starting Mike uh, on defense, which the only reason Dylan Moses was out on the field last year was to run the defense because he was bad. I don't even – did he get cut by the Jags today or is he on the team? I don't even know. The Jags cut a bunch of guys that should have they, made the team. Yeah, they cut a bunch of guys. Yeah, because they weren't vaccinated. But uh, – <laughs> and never mind, I was on our investigation. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they lost a lot of key pieces. Um, and the change from Mac Jones to Bryce Young is like a yeah. massive, massive change. So I'm I, – I think Miami has a chance to cover. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I just like the storyline in this game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a, you know, I, it'll be fun to watch, but I just want to see what Bryce does. I'm really interested to see what Bryce, like he, he's got some question marks. Like I, I'm a Bryce guy, but he does. He's got to show that he can do this. And surprisingly going after Mac Jones is kind of like a, it's those are big shoes to fill now, right? Like everybody thought he was going to beat him out last year. And now Mac won a national championship. So now, okay. And now he's a starter week one of the NFL season. So um, and Christian will talk about that later. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna go through the sports book rundown now, where we're gonna give our our picks and kind of go through everything. It's broken into three different games, but we're not gonna play to all the games today, just because we can't play without Jeff. We feel bad. Uh, but we are gonna go to the sports book rundown and kind of go through our picks. And Christian's gonna go ahead and just kind of run us through that. Yeah. So Jeff actually won last week. Shout out to Jeff. He went five and zero, oh, and Kevin and I went four and one. So we, uh, if you guys are betting, if you guys are able to bet. Uh, we led you down some pretty good paths as long as you listen to Jeff. Um, and luckily, <laughs> we, we oh, yeah, I know, uh, and I had New Mexico State, just gross. Um, and so, luckily, Jeff put in his picks this week. We have seven games here because obviously, week one is better than week zero. And the first one that we're going to pick is the, the highlight of everyone's Thursday night, uh, except for maybe Kevin's Ohio State 14 and a half point favorites at Minnesota. Kevin, are you taking Ohio State? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, my bad. I thought you were going to say, are you going <laughs> to? No, I, I, I can't. Tanner Morgan, I can't take Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, I, and the storyline's great. We're going to see, you know, I, I think all the quarterbacks play, or at least, you know, McCord and, and Stroud, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. With this game, uh, 14 and a half feels a little 
big for such a drastic change. I think there are two ways that this game could go. Either Minnesota has turned it around and they're competitive and they stick with Ohio State, and then Ohio State pulls away in the end because, of course, um, or Ohio State just blows the roof off of Minnesota immediately. I kind of think it's going to be that because I do believe in C.J. Stroud quite a bit. Uh, I feel compelled to talk about C.J. Stroud versus Harrison Bailey. I still believe Harrison Bailey is better than C.J. Stroud. I will forever live on that train until we get to that draft. But uh, So clean sweep for Ohio State. If Jeff picked uh, Minnesota here, uh, he probably would have been banned from the show, I think. So um, next game on the docket is the Georgia-Clemson game, which we talked through. Clemson, again, four-point favorites. Uh, you were picking Clemson, you said? Yes, I'm taking Clemson in this game uh, just based on a defense, and I don't trust JT Daniels. Yeah, uh, and I, too, am taking Clemson, and it's on the, the back of that defense. Um, so I guess in a sense it's because I don't trust JT Daniels, and I don't trust JT Daniels without weapons, and and he's lacking some. Jeff did pick Georgia. Um, I would assume it's based on the fact that uh, Georgia is a very talented football team. Um, I, I won't speak for Jeff, but they, I mean, this is going to be the game this week. There is, if there's one game that you guys watch, this should be the one, at least we hope. I, I hope it's not a, a blowout of, of some sort. Uh, next game, Alabama, 19 point favorites at Miami. Kevin, who are you taking in this one? Yeah. You know, I would always like Alabama has a chance to get backdoor covered. They, every year they get backdoor cover every time. Like I bet them, I swear to God they get, but at 19, I'm actually okay with this a little bit. So I'm going to take Alabama. I think that Miami's kind of a fraud. I don't necessarily trust Derek King being this is first game back in live action after that injury. Uh, but I, I do see where you're coming from that. I love that running back room. Miami's got a great running back. Cheney, Knighton, those guys that are there, I, I like what they can bring to the table, but I'm going to go Alabama. Yeah, and I am the the resident Miami hater, uh, <laughs> and I'm actually going to take Miami here. I do think that's a pretty large uh, spread. Um, it is. You know, and I get the, the argument. De'Ara King probably shouldn't be playing his first game back off a of torn ACL against that Alabama defensive front. Uh, we talked about Clemson's defensive front. Alabama has, like, four guys they could send to the NFL in the next two years. Like, I mean, they're loaded as usual. I mean, it's Alabama. We know that. Um, but I'm taking Miami. I, I think they're going to at least, I, I think it's going to be like a 17 point game. So it's going to be really close, but all right. Uh, and then Jeff picked Alabama. So I am the odd one out here, which is, which is fun. That's, that's, it's a game. Remember we'll, we'll be back to playing the games hopefully in, well, maybe a couple weeks. I don't know when Jeff will be back. We'll see. Uh, all right, next game is Penn State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is four-and-a-half-point home favorites. Kevin, who are you taking in this one? Gosh, this line, they know what they're doing with these lines because like, I feel like it's like a three-point game, and I'm, I, that's why I really want to take Penn State here. When you look at this, they got a new offensive coordinator there. Um, if this was at Penn State, I'd probably take Penn State. I'm going to stick with Wisconsin. You know, they're going to have a – it seems like they're going to have a running back by committee, Jalen Berger, those guys that are there. That offensive line, you know, it could be a little weaker, but it's still going to be in the top of the conference. They have a stud defense. Graham Mertz could take that next step. Give me the more – maybe not the more talented team. Give me the safer team with the better defense at home. 
Yeah, th- I, I'm with you, man. This one's hard. Um, Berger also came in as the backup. I don't know if you saw that. That was yeah. that was one of the ones that everyone was freaking out about. Um, which, if you were listening to some of the Wisconsin beats, like that was always a possibility. Uh, I, he's still young, guys. He'll he'll get his his time to shine. Um, man. Uh, so w- while I stall. Uh, here Jeff took Penn State um, which is why I'm I'm torn here I think I'm gonna stick with Wisconsin as well and the only reason is the home field advantage here Um, I do think four and a half is kind of a big spread but ultimately both of these teams are just good they're not great they're not bad so I'll take the home team in this matchup and Graham Mertz isn't that bad like you know he he played well last year the first game and he got COVID and everything kind of just fell off after that. Like I could realistically see Graham Mertz being that guy, that X factor, that guy, that kid that can maybe he can set himself up this year. I mean, Wisconsin can make a run and maybe they're always tough. That defense is good. They got Berger, those guys there. If Graham can be that quarterback that we think he could be, I mean, I think that they would, they can win this game by two touchdowns if he has a good game. Um, and I, and I want to, it's interesting. I want to keep an eye on him. I know our boy Felix Sharp talks about as being the next Peyton Manning. Uh, last year uh and uh, that's a joke now because we always mess with him but i will say that he's a serviceable quarterback there's uh there's a few in the draft community that felt that way as well um yeah and so i have not like deeply studied Mertz, but i know that the output was not what everyone expected did you know he's draft eligible this year like if yeah because he's what a red shirt sophomore yeah what he is um I don't think he'll come out. I think he goes back to school for a year, but I guess if he plays his ass off this year, we'll see. He's going to have to, I think in this game, but um, yeah, next game, Indiana, at Iowa, Iowa's three and a half point favorite here, um, which I guess is a little shocking. I guess that's the home field as well. Kevin, who are you taking here? Uh, yeah, this uh, Iowa is a pain in the ass to kind of figure out. Like Tyro Goodson's there. I, I think their quarterback, uh, um, Spencer Petrus, I think, uh, you know, not Debbie relevant at all. So I'm, I'm kind of out there. Uh, I will say for me, I'm going to go Indiana. If, if Phoenix Jr. is healthy, I think that with WAP there, um, I believe that's a tie, you know, with all those guys there, I still think that Indiana is the legit team in that, in that conference. So give me Indiana just because I think their offense is a little better. Yeah, um, I need to. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Is 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 Penix Jr. healthy? Or is that official? Yeah, he says good as new, and he's rolling. I think that's that's what I heard last time. Um, I could be wrong, but you know, I did start that's... the outro at the intro today, so I am definitely not. Uh, it says on track to start. That's good. Okay, I I needed that confirmation to make this pick. I'm taking Indiana. I think uh, Stephen Carr is a nice big addition for them as well. Um, and so I think they're going to be able to control this game a bit. Like you said, Tyler Goodson is kind of the the highlight of that Iowa offense. And Big Ten football, man. I mean, Iowa's going to yeah. have a decent defense. It's just I think Indiana's offense is better. So uh, clean sweep at Indiana. It's interesting. Here's a fun one. Uh, Louisiana at Texas. Uh, Louisiana is ranked tw- uh, 24th. Right now yeah. in the AP poll, I believe. Uh, and I don't know what Texas is ranked higher, but they are eight-point favorites here at home. Kevin, who are you taking? 
so we talked about this. Like, I love Louisiana, and I, I really have circled this as like Texas is going to lose. Uh, but I, you know what? I cannot go against Texas in this game. I'm going to take Texas. I'm going to take the favorite. They're going to screw me because uh, Iowa State screwed me last year when I took them, and Louisiana beat them last year as well. But I'm going to take Texas. I think Card could be the real deal. They're going to have, you know, you're, you're going to have that. They, the sophomores, Xavier Worthy. It hurts to talk about Xavier Worthy. I like everybody to know he should be a Michigan right now. Uh, but I think they're going to get a little bit of run there. He's starter on their depth chart as well. We didn't mention that earlier. Uh, give me Texas. I think Texas is going to win this game. I think it's going to be like a 14-point game. I think it's going to surprise some people. That points is a lot, but I think they can win by two touchdowns. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth there. The points, that's that's a big line there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to take Louisiana. I think they keep it close. I am excited to see card play. I know uh, some websites that we don't name, uh, some sites, uh, said that Casey Thompson was going to be a breakout star. A lot of people expect Casey Thompson to get in this game, which I find intriguing. Um, and and he might, you know, he he they might do a little bit of a rotation, or uh, maybe Texas does blow them out, and so Casey Thompson gets a look. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to see Card, but I do think that Louisiana has a good football team, and I think even if Texas wins this, I think it's a close game. So. All right, last game on the docket here. North Carolina, five-and-a-half-point road favorites at Virginia Tech. Kevin, who are you taking? I'm taking North Carolina. Give me Sam Howell. Even though that offense, I mean, um, with the injuries and with the other people coming out, they're they're, they're going to have to reload that offense. But I just think Sam Howell's too good. I don't think they lose this game. I'm a little nervous about this one. As a Sam Howell truther and a, a new North Carolina fan, I think maybe it's my fandom that makes me nervous now, you know, my my newly inherited fandom. Um, Virginia Tech has a decent defense, and big games like this, this doesn't feel like a big game, but this is like a massive, massive game for Sam Howell. This is kind of his chance to show that he wasn't a product of those receivers and those running backs last year. He is the guy. He needs to elevate his team. I think he's going to do it. Um, And so I'm going to take North Carolina here, but I am skeptical that this is a blowout. There's a reason it's only a a five-and-a-half-point game. Virginia Tech has a good football team. So uh, I'll take North Carolina, and Jeff did too. I didn't say uh, Jeff – did I say Jeff took Louisiana in the last game? Um, I don't know. You're you're – you're alone on the Texas. We'll see. We'll see. I like that. Uh, you know, it got to be a little different to win these things. Uh, but I, you know what? We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and shout out to Co- um, Coffee Brown. I, I want to watch him in North Carolina. I think with the weapons gone, one of the wide receivers is hurt. Coffee Brown, uh, younger brother, Diami Brown. I think he's going to have one of those games where maybe he has like three catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Well, that's the thing, too. He's listed as second team. Yeah, I know. Um, and I don't think that matters a ton. I think he's he was battling back from an injury, and so yeah. I think that's probably why. I think they might work him in, but if they work him in for 10 snaps, he might get those three catches for <laughs> over 100. So That's how <laughs> explosive that kid is. That is very true. All right, that'll do it. I think we'll total tally these up next week. Jeff claims he'll be back. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw in the comments if you're watching live, so – uh, we'll have the games back next week, and, and we'll make sure we, we track these. We're going to keep a season-long total as well. I don't know that we've um, established what that will be, but right now Jeff is in the lead, and we'll have a, a total at the end of the year to see who you should listen to next year. So, Wow. Well.
Definitely don't listen to me. Uh, now we're going to go to uh, our Debbie Stars of the Week, and we're going to go to our Debbie Sleepers of the Week. And we're just going to talk about guys that we're, we're interested to see how they play. Just got our guys and guys that we really want to see this year, especially in formats of like, hey, we're already in, you know, it, for, it's really Debbie. I mean, this is the time if you're in Dynasty Leagues to start thinking about next year. Uh, a lot of injuries have happened, what, the last few weeks, unfortunately. Dobbins, Akers, all these guys, like, you might be rebuilding. So it's a time to look at these guys and see, okay, well, how can you position yourselves in rookie drafts next year? And that's just dynasty. That's just how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, Christian, who do you who do you think could be a Debbie star this week? I went with Brees Hall, and I changed my pick a couple of times. Um, but then I, I kept scrolling, and I saw that Iowa State was playing Northern Iowa, and this is a game that I feel that North, uh, Iowa State is actually going to take care of. I know that they we, – we talked through, I think, last week or maybe the week before, Kevin said, like, you, you said you think that they're going to maybe lose that week one matchup because that's what they do, and I hear you for sure. But I think Brees is too good, and that Northern Iowa defense is nothing, um, especially compared to what – what level of talent Brees Hall has. Everyone knows Brees Hall by now. If you guys have listened to our show, if you didn't go check out our 2022 running back rankings episode from months ago, I don't know. It's on the podcast feed too. I got that one uploaded, but uh, Brees is just very, very talented. I'm lower on him than most, but I still think he's just going to dominate this week. So. No, I, I, I like that call. I think I think he is. Uh, I, that that battle is going to be interesting. I, I just want to see who's going to be the running back one after this year and where you go. Uh, and he's still my running back one, but I don't know. I'm contemplating Spiller so much. Like it's very close to me. It's one A one B to me. And after that, I don't know what the hell to do. Uh, all right, let's look at mine. I, I gotta go with my boy Bryce Young. Right, we'll see what he did. You see his prep stats: thirteen thousand yards, one hundred fifty-two touchdowns. This dude was phenomenal in high school. Like, and you know the size. You know he's not the prototypical quarterback for Alabama, really. Like, he's not really Tua either. Like, there, I don't think a lot of people have actually watched him play football. Like, he has some. He's not really a dual threat. He can be. He's got some functional athleticism, but you know he's got zip. He's a pocket passer slash kind of that dual threat guy. Like just kind of in the pocket, he can make things happen. I think what he actually his best trade is his processing skills. Like I actually think that is his best trade is his head, which is funny because Mac is the same way. Like he does have some tendencies where he can process the field pretty well. I think people are going to see those numbers and see him thinking he's like a dual threat guy, but he's going to throw the ball. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Alabama really targeted him uh, in there. And remember, they targeted him over DJU. Like they picked him, so that's going to be the interesting. They really went after Bryce Young in that quarterback battle. So for me, I want to see what he can do. Can he step up and be that guy? It's a good call, man. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see this. I know he's getting a lot of weird comps. I I think he reminds me of, of a better, like take the, the good parts of Kyler Murray. um, And then picture Kyler Murray being a good thrower this early on in his career. Cause he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take away a little bit of the rushing because, like you said, when you're a better passer, you don't need to run because football is made of chunk plays, and yeah. Alabama is going to have a lot of opportunity for chunk plays this year. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, who do you who do you got as your sleeper? I went with Jerome Ford, and I I went back and forth. I do want to shout Mayan Williams um, because I do think that I've seen a couple reports now that Master T actually will get the start. And so I, I went back and forth with this, uh, but I went with Jerome Ford. He's playing Miami of Ohio. Jerome Ford is getting a ton of buzz on the uh, NFL draft side of things. I know like Debbie people have been on him for a little while now. 
Um, and I think Austin is a big fan, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see what he can do. This Miami of Ohio defense is not going to be good. Cincinnati should run all over them. And after Ritter puts up a quick 300, I think Ford is just going to take over the game, and then they'll they'll all get to sit a little bit. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think that you'll be comfortable if you start him in a C2C league this this uh, week. And honestly, I think this is going to set the tone for a really big season from him. Yeah, I'm not as high on Ford as like some are. Uh, I think this is a good to see what he can do. Uh, I think as a product that offense, like Ritter is going to be kind of that guy too in that, on an offense. Uh, I, I don't know. They, they talk about his contact balance. I think that's the key. I think they has very good contact balances there. Uh, I saw someone compare him to Trey Sermon. I thought I thought that was interesting. I don't think he's as big. I don't know if necessarily he has that kind of same body, but you know, you know, I think you know Cincinnati's a team I want to watch. So we're going to see how Cincinnati does this year. Uh, my uh, kind of sleeper guy is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, six three one ninety five receiver. You know, in twenty twenty, he had a thousand yards, sixty four receptions. He had eight touchdowns. He averaged seventeen yards a catch. I like this kid. It's just so hard with these small school guys. Like, I don't know how the NFL really drafts these guys. We fall in love with these guys every year, Christian, us Debbie and draft guys. And then they break our soul because they, they get drafted in the sixth and get cut. Uh, but, you know, for me, like when you look at what he does well, everything really pops. He has great athleticism, I think. And he's going to have Jake Bentley there from South Carolina throwing him the ball. So now we have maybe a, maybe a better quarterback than what he expects to South Alabama. Uh, so, you know, he had, they play Southern Miss. It would be interesting to see where his targets come from. I like Jalen Tolbert. I, I think he's a name to keep an eye on. I I can't believe Jake Bentley is still playing. Uh, <laughs> that That's kind of what I took from No, I, I think Tolbert, I, he's getting legitimate NFL draft busts as well. A lot of people are high on him. The analytics crowd are not going to like him. I mean, he broke no. out, I believe, as a junior. He is a senior heading into this year, right? That's Maybe redshirt junior. I did not verify that. I believe he is. Yeah, I think he is a redshirt junior. I have to check real quick, but yeah. Okay. Um, and so your your year out of high school, like age yeah, adjusted production. Junior. Yeah, it's not going to be great, but ultimately, like I think this is a day two pick, and so I'm excited to see how he kicks off this year. He's, I mean, he's everything you want in a receiver. He's got yak ability. He's got high point ability. You know, when I think of what he is, I actually I've been going to bat for Cortland Sutton recently. Mm. I think Tolbert has a little bit of Cortland Sutton in him, so um, I don't like to do comps this early, but I th- and I think that might be the ceiling. But and obviously we'll take what we get this year and kind of apply that. But I like Tolbert quite a bit. I like that comp. That's a good comp. I mean, similar kind of size. Tolbert's got to put on a little bit more weight. Uh, but yeah. if you're looking at it, can he be around maybe a late round two, like 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 Tolbert or excuse me, like Sutton was like round two, I think pick forty somewhere in there. Um, he could do that. I mean, he's from S, you know, he went to SMU. Sutton did, so that's a good comp there. I like Tolbert. He's old though. I think he got injured too, so he might be like a richer richer. So back, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think 2017 is when he came in. So I know analyst guys aren't gonna like me, but hey, let's be honest. Like analyst guys are never gonna like me uh, because you guys are just mad all the time. Would you relax? Just chill. Like you don't need to yell and make people delete their Twitter. All right, uh, Christian, uh, we're gonna do thirty second FaceTimes just because we want to. Uh, Christian wants to talk about I don't know maybe Cam. I don't know what he's talking about. What is your thirty second FaceTime on? Well, I opened up the show with Cam, uh, so I'll take this opportunity to talk about Jared Dokes. Uh, so Jared Dokes got waived today, 
And here's the thing, guys. Malcolm Brown was always in favor of that coaching staff. Malcolm Brown played like crap, but unfortunately, Jared Dokes kind of did too. He was with third strings, uh, third string offensive lines. He was with third string players. Most of Miami's receivers didn't play. Uh, and it just it, it wasn't great. Jared Dokes did not have a good uh, training camp or preseason. And so I do expect him to come back on the practice squad. And I think that down the road you can, you know, I wouldn't hold Jared Dokes on your taxi squad. I'm going to be dropping him uh, when we get off of this, probably off of a couple of mine. I'm sorry if you guys drafted Dokes. I saw Dokes being drafted in like the second round in places, and I never intended for that to happen. I <laughs> hope that wasn't because of me, but probably don't draft seventh round players in the second round. That's that's what we can take from this. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think I tweeted something out like a long time ago. Like, yeah, I don't know if you take him that high and all that. Um, I will say I dropped a, I dropped this tweet today and it's gotten some traction in some of the racist communities in the South, uh, but also just like in general, some things are going on where I put every week or so. I remember that Kirby Smart chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields as Georgia's starting quarterback. Uh, and it's definitely took off in some different parts of the world. I definitely muted this. Like when I, I initially, I just tweeted and muted it, but now I've looked just for fun for the show. Uh, one of the oh. first comments said NFL football and college football are two, are two very similar yet very different games. My guy. So I definitely just commented back and said, Fields is better quarterback at both levels, my guy. Uh, but I don't know necessarily <laughs> what's, what's happening on that comment. Um, I basically got told I was an idiot. Uh, I, you know, all, all those types of things, you know, you listen, Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Jake Fromm the minute he stepped on Georgia's campus. You know, you know why we're losing programs or they can't win the national title is because they make decisions based on their heart and not their head. And you know what? You, you see what's going on at Ohio State. Who's the best quarterback going to start? If Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback there next year, I guarantee to you Quinn Ewers is going to start. And because that's what winning programs do. And so that is the biggest mistake Kirby Smart ever made. They could have won a national title with Justin Fields. They should have won an national fight with Justin Fields. Jake Fromm just got cut, and he was racist, by the way. I don't know if you remember what happened where he had to delete those tweets and all that kind of stuff. I think he did blackface. Whatever he did was not good. So all you guys defending him, I just want you to know I muted that conversation. So if you're yelling at me, I'm not going to be walking. I'm just <laughs> laughing all this time. I, I did hop in that. Uh, someone said something of uh justin fields made the mistake of going there because he didn't fit the system and my response to that is if you can't make justin fields fit in your system uh then you're a bad head coach so basically if you get a player like justin fields you change your system to fit what justin fields can do kirby smart doesn't have that ability i don't think kirby smart is that good of a head coach and that's probably a conversation for another day um he's a good recruiter hell of a recruiter but uh he, he just needs to get over the hump. I, I heard someone talking on a podcast. They said if they don't win it this year, everyone's everyone is going to start saying 1980, which I think is the last time that they won one. So, yeah, tough scene. I just, you know, I just want you guys to know, sometimes I like to drop firebombs and just walk away. Uh, but <laughs> that definitely is taking off, and I'm definitely not looking at that because I'm definitely getting called a moron. A lot of parts of deep South Georgia right now. Uh, now, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, for sure. Next week, we may have Jeff with his third baby here. I'm not sure, though, because his wife might have something to say against that. But 
regardless, you know, use our picks. Hit that subscribe button. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, you know, we're here to kind of go through it. We're look at Debbie relevance. We're finally got real football. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, so next week on September 7th, we're going to be here 930 Eastern. We have our own podcast site. Everything is us. We're going on our own. We appreciate all the support so far. So I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. Thank you.